You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Today we're continuing a series that we're calling uh, The Blessing of God. The Blessing of God. And here's what I'll say. Whether we experience the blessing of God in our lives or not has a lot to do with how we handle our money. So specifically today, we're going to talk about money. Specifically, we're going to talk about the tithe, okay, before everyone uh, stands up and storms out of here saying, Pastor Dan wants your money, right? Uh, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. No matter what you've been taught on the tithe, no matter what you believe on the tithe, or maybe you've never heard the word tithe before, um, I would ask you just to look at the scripture we're going to look at today. And if you want more info on Tithing, I would point you to a lot of um, what I pulled some of the examples today from is Pastor Robert Morris. He does a series called The Blessed Life. Uh, He has a book. Uh, You can get on the Bible app and you can do the devotion. He's got a YouTube series on it, a bunch of them. Um, I would encourage you, if you want more info, you want to dig a little deeper, he's going to be the one to do it. I listen to Pastor Robert Morris every week uh, and he is a phenomenal teacher, a phenomenal teacher. Here's why money and the blessing of God in our lives is um, tied together. Now, here's what I'm not talking about today. When I say the blessing of God, I'm not talking about, hey, if you tithe, you're going to have uh, 12 mansions and three private jets and all this stuff. That's not, what we're, that's not what I'm talking about today. The blessing of God is so much more than physical. Does God want to meet your needs? Yes, that is actually his name. He is provider. It's one of his names. Uh, so, yes, he wants to meet your needs. Now, does God want to bless you so that you have margin so you can bless other people? Yes, that is true as well. That's, that's a part of what we see in Scripture. However, God wants to bless you physically. He wants the blessing of God to be in you mentally and emotionally as well. The blessing of God is more than just, well, I'm going to pay my tithe so that I can um, have all this money for myself. That's not the message today. And if that's the message you hope I preach, that is not the one I'm going to preach today, okay? Uh, but let's look at why is money such a big deal. Jesus said this in Luke 16, 13. He said, no one can serve two masters, He said, for you will hate one and you will love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. This is a big deal. That's a pretty harsh statement from Jesus, right? You can't serve God and be enslaved to money. Why money? Well, money is the, um, money touches everything, okay? Money touches my food. It touches my security as far as whether I have a roof over my head. It touches um, my job. It motivates me to work harder. Money touches a lot of things. One of the number one things that would become God in my life if it was not God himself would be the temptation to have money or the pursuit of money as my, uh, as my, my Lord and Savior in my life, money. Um, God is not opposed to you having money. God is opposed to money having you, God is not opposed to you having stuff or toys or, you know, a nice house. God is opposed to your nice house having you. This is what this verse means. Enslaved to money. Not, you can't, you can't serve God and, and have money. That's not what it says. Enslaved to money. What is my approach when it comes to the physical things in life? What is my approach to it? How do I look at it? Am I willing to sacrifice some money or something for the kingdom of God? If I'm not because I want to hold a certain status I might need to check my heart. I might be enslaved to money. Here's the thing. As we talk through this today, one of the things to remember is this. Tithing tithing is returning. This is what it basically means. Tithing is returning the first 10% of my income to God through the local church by giving it to the local church. That's what tithing is. It's returning. I'm not giving my tithe. 
I return my tithe. And we're going to look at this. Tithing is not, my, my money is not mine to begin with. God has blessed me with the opportunity to have resources, to have things, to, um, to have a certain skill set or even a talent. And how I use that is a big deal. Tithing is returning it, 10% of it, the first 10% to God. The other important thing to note with this is this. Pastors did not come up with this. Okay, we're going to read scripture today. This is not Pastor Dan came up with the tithe. It's never been heard of before until now. It's been around for a, a lot longer than we've been around, okay? The, um, pastors didn't come up with this. God established the tithe as a test to see who we will thank and who we will worship for our income. Ten in scripture always represents a test. Ten plagues. Was, what is God doing? He's testing Pharaoh's heart. Ten commandments. What's he doing? He's setting up a test. Ten, everywhere in Scripture, everywhere you see ten, all through Scripture, Old Testament and New, it always represents a test. Interesting that the tithe would be 10%, right? He's testing who will we worship, who will we thank for our income. Now, here's where uh, probably a lot of people, if you're in here and maybe you don't believe in the tithe or maybe you've been taught a certain way about the tithe, many people are putting on the brakes right now uh, because this is where many non-tithing believers get caught up. Well, this is Old Covenant or it's under the law. Is that true? Yes, it is under the law, okay? But there are principles that are under the law that should, we should be doing right now, and this is what we're going to look at today. Um, a great example is this. Not committing adultery was under the law, but you should still follow that principle even though you're saved by grace. Amen? Do we all agree on that, right? All the spouses in here, amen. Yeah, we shouldn't be doing that. Shouldn't be messing around. Here's another one. The Sabbath. The Sabbath is under the law. We approach it a little bit differently, but it is a principle that you should still follow today. Here's a great example. God can do more with your six days and you taking a rest day than you can with seven days of work. If, if, you, if you don't believe it, ask Chick-fil-A, right? They're kicking everyone else's butts. Can we be real in here? They're kicking everyone's butts. And are they open 24 hours a day? No. <laughs> are they open seven days a week? No. Why? Sabbath. Something to think about. If you don't have a Sabbath in your work week, you need one, okay? Um, let's continue on here, all right? So let's go to point number one. I'm, I'm getting a little distracted. Point number one is this. Tithing is all through Scripture. Tithing is all through Scripture. In fact, I would say this. When you look at the word tithe, tithe is, the word tithe is in the Bible 41 times. Okay, 41 times. Is it cool if I just teach a little bit today? Okay, there might not be a lot of shouting and preaching, but there's going to be some teaching today, so hopefully you're good with that. Tithe is in the Bible 41 times. Over half of those times, it's not mentioned in the law. Interesting enough, over half those times, not mentioned in the law, eight times is in the New Testament, and one time it's in red, meaning Jesus said it, okay? So tithing is not something that is limited to a certain people at a certain time in history, never to be approached or talked about ever again or done ever again. It's a principle. So here's what we're going to look at. I'm going to look at before the law, in the law, and the New Testament, just so we can see how it's all through Scripture. So 500 years before the law, we see this in Genesis 14, starting in verse 18. It says this, then Melchizedek, this is a, uh, when you see Melchizedek, this is a type of Christ. Many believe that this is actually the pre-incarnate Christ. Uh, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Communion, it's a version of communion. Uh, he was the priest of God, most high. And he blessed him and he said, blessed be Abram, who would be Abraham, of God most high, possessor of, heaven, uh, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And here's what, he, here's what Abraham did, or Abram did in return. He gave him a tithe of all, 500 years before the law. He gave him a tithe of everything. So Abraham gives tithe 500 years before the law. So here's what we need to see about 
principles of God is this. A great example. Murder was wrong before the law, just like tithing was right before the law. Right? Murder was wrong well before the law, just like we see tithing was right before the law. We can look at, we can look at Scripture. We're not going to get into all of it today, but we actually see tithing in the Garden of Eden. It was set up in the very beginning that God is saying what? This part or this tree is set aside for who? Not for you. That's mine. Everything else you can have and everything else you should multiply. That's the heart of the tithe. God says, give me the peace right here. Everything else I trust you to steward. And if you steward it well, it will multiply for your benefit. So 500 years before the law, let's look at Deuteronomy, though, as we get into the law. Here we go, Deuteronomy 26, 1 through 2. This is the establishment of it, or we really get a good concept of it here. Deuteronomy 26, 1 and 2. And it shall be when you come into the land which your Lord, uh, your God is giving you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you will, shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground. We're going to talk about the principle of the first uh, next week, uh, which you shall bring from your land that your Lord God is giving you and put it in a basket. Here's what he says to do with the first or which was the tithe. Put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. A couple things in here. Whenever we're reading scripture, we have to look at the Old Testament and see how does it apply to us today. When we see the children of Israel going into the promised land, the promised land today for us is not a physical place that we would dwell on the map. The promised land for us today is us stepping into a new life in Christ or an overcoming life in Christ. What happens? When they go to the promised land, does that mean that there's no more battles? No. It actually means there's a lot more battles because people want the land they're in. When they step into the promised land, there's more battles, but it is still the promised land filled with good things for God's people. That's how it is spiritually for us. God says, I want you to step into a place spiritually that you can go, that the Lord your God is giving you. And so as we look at this, this applies directly to us as well. He says, give the first, and then he says what? Take it in a basket. After you set aside the first, go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. What is that? It's church. What's funny is once, we, once God put the name Abide Church in our heart, I saw Abide everywhere in Scripture, right? This is literally talking about church. And if you call Abide Church your home church, this is what he's talking about. Take it to where God dwells. That's our heart, that God would dwell in our church as we gather, but he would dwell with us and we would abide with him as we go throughout our week. That's the whole point of abiding. That's a different message. Let's continue on. We're going to skip down to verse 13. This is where he calls it the tithe, and it's this. Then you shall say before the Lord your God... I have removed the holy tithe from my house, remember that, and also have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, according to all your commandments which you have commanded me. Now, here's, what, here's the thing. In this, at this point in time, that's what they were commanded to do with the tithe. And now, let's, let's continue. Let me finish this and I'll finish that thought. Uh, he says, I have not transgressed against your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. Now, look at this. He's saying, I've set aside the tithe from my house. Look at verse 14. I have not eaten any of the tithe (laughs) when I'm in mourning, nor have I removed any of the tithe for an unclean use, nor have I given any of the tithe for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God, and I have done according to all that you have commanded me. Now look what he says. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people. Here's here's what we see with tithe. When I do it right, when I set aside the first 10%, and I take it to God's house, here's the, here's the prayer that I can pray. God, look down and bless your people. I have not taken your tithe 
and give it to, giving it to the mortgage company. I have not taken your tithe and, he says, eating it in mourning. I have not wasted it on things that I didn't need out of an emotional thing. I haven't done any of that. I've taken it. I've set it aside. I've brought it to church and I've given it in faith. Because of that, now I have the right to pray, God, I pray that you would bless your people, that you would bless me. I pray that because I trust you, I honor you. I've, I've looked at the test you've given me, and I've, I've honored the test and given it to you. I think that as I walk, I walk in your blessing. That's what we're looking at right here. Okay, so we see it 500 years before the law. We see it in the law. And then here's, here's the other thing. As we look at the New Testament, here's the question. You don't have to answer this out loud, but here's the question. Pastor Robert Morris, as I was doing, I was listening to a few of his messages, and he said it like this. He said, if Jesus himself said you should tithe, would you tithe? You don't have to answer it out loud. If Jesus himself said it, would you? That should reveal our heart, right? Um, what's sad is some believers still have to think about it. Mm, let me think. Jesus said it. Oh, I don't know. Let me, let me ponder it for a little bit. If, that's, if I have to ponder, if I will walk in obedience to what Jesus directly said, then I need to examine who is Lord of my life. Okay? Can we be real? Let's be real today. Uh, here's the thing. Many believers will still have to think about it, but they'll stand in worship and they'll sing, I surrender all, right? I surrender all. You know that song? Well, except the 10%, but I surrender all besides the 10%, right? <laughs> Many times that's what happens. Many times that's what happens. Think about it. If the one who bled and died for your eternal salvation said you ought to tithe, would you do it? Let's look at it. Matthew 23, 23. This is Jesus. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe on mint, anise, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. What is he saying? You pay tithe on these, uh, these seasonings for food. He says you pay tithe on these things, but you've neglected the weightier things, justice, mercy, and truth. And here's what he says. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. These you ought to have done. Let me break that down. What does that mean? He says you tithe on everything, but you neglect justice, mercy, and, and faith. He said you, basically he's what he's saying, you ought to tithe, yes, but don't leave the weightier matters undone. What's he saying? It's both. He is saying, yes, you ought to do that. Don't leave the other ones undone. Don't leave the other ones undone. Let's look at a different verse in the New Testament. Hebrews 7, 8 says this. This is speaking of when we bring the tithe. It says this. Here on earth, mortal men receive tithe. That's exactly what happens. When I give my tithe here, like Leslie and I, when we get paid every two weeks, we, the first thing that comes out of our account is tithe to Abide Church. We give our tithe right here, first thing. When we do that, the mortal men or the leadership team here, our leadership here at Abide Church receives the tithe, and we have to steward it well. That's what happens. But here's what it says there, speaking of in heaven, he, Jesus, receives them. I give my tithe here on earth, and mortal men receive it. But when I give my tithe, my tithe spiritually in the spiritual realm, Jesus himself says, I receive it as the high priest. Let's continue on. It says this, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Here's what's amazing. This one simple verse, here's what it shows us. Two things. Number one, when we tithe on earth, Jesus personally receives my tithe in heaven. It is a personal thing to him. We're going to see that more in just a second. The second thing is this. Tithing is then a witness of the res resurrection of Christ. It shows my faith that he still lives today. 
as showing I, I am putting my faith, not only I trust that he's receiving it spiritually, but I trust also that I'm saying I'm giving as an act of faith to show, yes, he is still alive and active today in agreement with his word. This is what it's showing us here. Here's what I'll say. I've never heard, I said this last week, I'll say it again. I've never heard a tither say, man, I really wish we didn't tithe. Never heard it. Uh, I've never heard it. I would say this. If they've ever said that, they're probably not tithing correctly. They may be giving 10%, but it's not the first 10% that leaves their hand. They may be giving the last 10%. <laughs> I've never met a tither who said, man, I really wish we didn't tithe. They always say the same thing. We're so blessed. Again, does that mean they got 12 mansions and 15 cars and their own private jet? No. But can I tell you, I've gone, me and Leslie have gone through times in our life. And in fact, I was looking at pictures the other day from several years ago. And I took a screenshot on my phone. I was looking at how much money we had in our bank account several years ago. And we had 10 cents in our checking account and zero in our savings. But can I tell you what I said? At that moment in time, every need was met. Every bill was paid. I didn't know where I was going to get my next check to pay the next bill, but my response was the same. Man, we're so blessed. Does it mean that I got an abundance? Now, here's the thing. When I steward well, God blesses me with more. Yes, you need to have a budget. You need to do your part, right? God's not just going to pour out things that we're not going to steward well. But I will tell you this. When you choose to tithe correctly, the first 10%, it doesn't matter what situation you go to. It doesn't matter which battle you step into. Your, your, your attitude will be, I'm so blessed because of what, the, what you will see God do in your life and the amazing ways that he will come through to bless you. Here's a great example. Um, I, whenever we had Gavin, um, right before, about two weeks, three weeks before we had Gavin, we, we, we were making a lot of money. Okay, this is early on in our marriage. We did not have a lot of money. We were, we were making it but we were barely making it. Anybody ever been there? Come on, somebody. We were making it, but barely. Um, but we were tithing. And because of that, I was like, man, we, our desire is to have kids, to have a lot of kids, and we're having Gavin, and so he's getting ready to be born in just a few weeks, and I know, I'm like, we got insurance, but I know that bill is gonna be a lot. It's still gonna be a lot after our insurance. We didn't have great insurance, but it was, it was gonna be a lot. Several months before, really half-heartedly not even knowing, I had entered into a contest at um, sports clips where I got my haircut at the time uh, to, win, to win money. Like they were giving away three, three prizes. And on the way home from work, just a few weeks before Gavin was born, I got an email that said I was a winner. And I was like, it's from sports clips. And I'm like, yeah, right. You know, no, it's going in the trash. Didn't believe it. I had swiped it on my phone to delete it and put it in the trash can. I deleted it and then immediately I thought, I'll just open it. So I went to my trash and I opened it. I had won. $7,500 from sports clips, okay? Sports clips. I don't remember entering. I guess I did, but I don't really remember it. And it was all legit. I got my check just a few weeks before Gavin was born, and guess what? That much provided us to finish our nursery and to cover every part and pay in full for Gavin because for, we had emergency C-section. We had extra things. Yeah, you can give God glory for that. It paid for everything and then some. God will do things and he will open doors in your life that you don't understand, that wasn't on your radar. I'm thinking, I need to get a two, second, third job, right? God says, you're blessed because you've shown me that you will honor me in your, in your giving. I'm not saying, you know, go to sports clips. They're not paying me to say that or anything. I'm just saying, 
It doesn't hurt to enter a contest when it doesn't cost you anything. You know what I mean? Come on, somebody. Um, God will use it. All right. So uh, I've never heard tithers say, man, I really wish we didn't tithe. They always say we're so blessed. Here's what I do hear, though. Non-tithers say that they all say the same thing. Well, we can't afford to tithe. We can't afford to tithe. And I say, you're absolutely right. You can't. Here's why you can't. You can't afford to tithe. You'll never be able to afford to tithe until you tithe. Otherwise, it's not faith. I better not go into next week's message. Let me stay here for a second. <laughs> I forgot my watch again, so I'm trying to go fast so I don't go too, uh, too crazy long. So here's the thing. You're right. You can't afford to tithe. You'll never afford to tithe until you tithe. Why? Here's why. Tithing removes the curse, rebukes the devourer, and restores the blessing. Tithing removes the curse, rebukes the devourer, and restores the blessing. And this is point number two. If you're taking notes, write this down. Tithing opens up heaven. Tithing opens up heaven. This is what it does, okay? Let me show you. Here we go. Malachi 3, 6 through 7. You guys doing okay? We're just, we're just looking at God's word today, okay? I don't got a lot of uh, opinions for you today, but here it is. For, uh, Malachi 3, 6 through 7. It says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. That's, that's good to remember. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? First thing is this. God's always reminding us he does not change. If you need some faith today, just read your Bible. And it may say, well, it's an Old Testament story. He doesn't change. His power is still available. His, he's willing to move on your behalf. He loves you that much to move. He says, I do not change. Here's the second thing he says. We see my ordinances. Ordinances are this, principles of ordinary behavior. Ordinances, in the original language, here's this, a principle of ordinary behavior. This is where it gets good. So not lying or stealing under the law, those are under the law, but they are principles of ordinary behavior for believers, okay? Not lying, not stealing. That's under the law, but those are principles that we should follow as believers. It's ordinary behavior. This is what he's showing us. Tithing is under the law, but it is a principle of ordinary behavior for believers. And here's the thing you're going to see as we look through Malachi is this. Says the Lord of hosts. Why? He's reminding you, Pastor Dan's reading this, but God is saying this. He's saying, this is me, your heavenly father, the Lord of all. I am saying this. I'm the one that's setting this into, in, up to pass right here. Let's go to verse 8. It says this, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but in what way? You say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. He says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me even this whole nation. Here's the thing. We're seeing robbed a lot. A lot of robbed going on in here, right? Here's what God's saying. Robbed is this. There's a difference between theft and robbery, okay? Right? Theft is when you take something when someone is not home, right? Like, my home was broken into. I wasn't there. Theft. Robbery is when you take something from the person himself. I was robbed at gunpoint. See the difference? Strategic wording from our, our Heavenly Father here. You've robbed me. See how personal tithing is to God. We'll look at that more in just a second. The other thing to note is this. God is not cursing them. God is not cursing them. Here's what God is showing us. He's saying we lived in a cursed world, and God is saying you are putting yourself back under a cursed system because you, do, you are not doing what my people should be doing 
the ordinary behavior of my people. He says that when you do the ordinary behavior of my people, you put yourself in alignment with me, and now there is a channel of blessing that can flow. That is favor, that is blessing, that is an abundance wherever you go, whether it's in wisdom or money, whatever it might be. But when I take myself out of ordinary behaviors of believers and I do something that's contrary to God's word, I'm positioning myself under a cursed system. This is why I can't continue to live in sin and expect God to use me in a mighty way. I've taken myself out from under his lordship and I've said, well, I'm still going to do the things that even though they kind of go against this, I'm still going to live that way because I think it's okay. My, my interpretation of that is, no. <laughs> what did this say? Let's stick at that. Let's stick with that. Okay, uh, let's go to verse 10. It says this, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. There it is, there it is again. If I, see if I'm going to open for you the windows of heaven and pour out so much for you much so much blessing there will not be room enough to receive it let's break this down storehouse what's the storehouse the storehouse is the house of god it's the local church it's a representation of today's world the local church that there may be food in my house we don't have stacks of food around here right here's what it means for us one of the greatest compliments that I've ever gotten for people that come here or that listen on our podcast. We have people that listen in other states. We have people listen all over the world. It's, it's crazy. We get emails and I get conversations with people. Many of you have said this. We love coming to Abide Church because we get fed spiritually here. We get fed spiritually here. That there may be food in my house. Why is it important for us to make sure that we can have local churches so that we can have spiritually solid food for people. Not milk for new believers. There's a time for us to be learning, but there's a time that all of us individually have to grow up and get some solid meat and potatoes teaching and understanding and get solid food from up here, but also in your personal time. There has to be a time when we mature enough to understand more things spiritually, that there may be food in my house. Here's what happens when it comes to this, though. Many believers are dining and dashing in the house of God. Whoops, I'm going to come after you today a little bit. They love the food, but they skip out on the check. Many believers are dining and dashing in the house of God. They love the food. Man, I love that preaching, love the community, love the people. When God says, will you trust me and have faith for 10%, the first 10%? I don't know if I love it that much. Sneak out the back. No, God is saying... Try me. And that's the last thing. Try me. What does that mean? The, the, the root word of that in the original language is test or prove. And here's what's amazing. Test or prove. It's the same word used for testing metal or gold to see if it's pure. Man, here's what that means. God is saying, test me and see if I am pure in this area. You don't have to believe Pastor Dan. But, but God is saying himself, try me. Test me. See if I'm pure to my word. See if I'm real to my word. Anybody like Christmas movies in here? Come on, I love Christmas movies. You know the, the, uh, the Christmas story? The old one, you know what I mean? I don't know how appropriate that is for church, but I like that one, okay? The, the Christmas story where the kid wants the BB gun and all that. There's a part in that story where the kids are on the playground and they're daring that kid to stick his tongue to the flagpole, right? It's freezing outside. And the one kid, he skips the, you know, whatever, he skips the, the, the flow of how you're supposed to dare people. And he skips to, I triple dog dare you, right? A breach of etiquette is what he called it. I triple dog dare you. 
And everybody, all the kids are like, oh, man, they're freaking out about it, right? And he, he doesn't, obviously, his tongue gets stuck. But here's what I'm saying. That's not what God is saying. God is saying, try me. That's a respectful way of saying it. But as your pastor, I am saying, I triple dog dare you to try it. If, if you don't have the faith to try it for three months, I would say try it for three months. Try it for one month. If you don't have the faith for a month, try it with one paycheck. My God is faithful enough and he's big enough to rock your world if you will honor him with one paycheck. I promise you, and you're going to see him do things in your life that you don't even understand. But I will tell you this, if you, do, if you haven't been living this way, but you have choosing to, to take a step and tithe and you honor him with that paycheck, do not go back to your old way. Honor him, glorify him, thank him for what he's doing, and then walk in obedience to his word. Don't, don't go back to your old way of, oh, that was nice. I'm just going to tithe when I need something. They don't work that way. Mm, yeah, again, next week, you need to hear next week's message as well. Okay, I'll get into that. Here's the other thing is this. This is the only place God says, try me or test me. Only place. Must be important, right? Because you can serve God or you can be enslaved to money. There's no, there's no in between. Must be important. Here's... The, not only will he open up heaven for you, but here's the, the last thing he'll do in, in verse three, uh, or, or verse 11, sorry. He says, and, continuation, and, man, this is where it gets good, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the, the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in your field, says the Lord of hosts, there it is again, and all the nations shall call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Here's the thing, and, not only then will God throw open the windows of heaven, but he will rebuke the devil for your sake. How many of you would say, that sounds pretty good. I, do I want God, the almighty God, creator of heaven, earth, the universe, the mighty one. Do I want, do I want to try to rebuke the devil on my own? Or do I would rather him do it on my behalf because I have honored him with my finances? Come on, I want God. If he says he will rebuke the devourer for my sake, what do I need to do? He says, just show me 10%. Will you trust me that I can do more with your 90 than you can with 100? That's all he's asking. Try me. A triple dog dare you, right? Try me. Man, tithing removes the curse, rebukes the devourer, and it restores the blessing. Here's, here's the last point. Tithing is personal to God. And I'll wrap up right here. Tithing is personal to God. Hopefully you've seen this already. There's so many more verses we could get into, and that's why I would encourage you, listen to Pastor Robert Morris, listen to The Blessed Life is what it's called, The Blessed Life series. Tithing is personal to God. Here, I'm stealing this from him. I gotta give him credit. He gave this example, and this, this, this convicted me. Um, here's the example he gave when it comes to how personal it is. He said, what if I was going on a trip? Let's imagine it's me. I'm going on a trip, and I'm going on this trip, and I'm gonna be gone for a year, a solid year I'm gonna be gone. And for all of the, all of the, the months that I'm gone, each month, I want to give you $10,000 a month. How many of you say, that sounds pretty good. I'll take that $10,000, right? You don't, you don't got to work. You don't, I'm just going to bless you with $10,000. I want to bless you. $10,000 a month. All I ask is this, is that the first of the month when I give you the $10,000 is that you set aside or give the $1,000 to my wife, Leslie. Give $1,000 to her out of the ten. The other nine, I trust that you're going to bless your family. You're going to bless people. You're going you're to steward it well. But just give the $1,000 to Leslie. And so the first couple months, I'm talking with Leslie on the phone. I'm saying, hey, how's it going? Are you getting, uh, you know, are you getting money? Are they, you know, sending the money to you? And she says, yeah, I got, you know, I got a thousand bucks first month. Cool. Next month. Hey, did you get a thousand? Yeah, I got a thousand. We're covered. Bills are paid. We're good. 
Next month comes around. Hey, how's it going? Well, I got 800. It's almost 1,000, but I got 800. It's not quite, I mean, we got, we got everything, bills paid and we're good, but not quite 1,000 like you asked for. Wait a few months later and she said, I got 300, but I didn't get 1,000. In the next couple months, eventually she says, I, you know, I haven't, we haven't, I haven't heard from them and I haven't got the $1,000. You know, it's Christmas time, it's the holidays, there's extra spending going on. What, hmm, a couple questions. Number one, as a human, not as, a, not as God, as a human, what do you think my attitude towards you would be? That I freely gave you 10000 and I just asked that you would give Leslie one thousand. I'll tell you, I won't be happy, okay? <laughs> you might not see Pastor Dan uh, angry very often, but that would probably make me angry, okay? Uh, the, the second thing is this. Do you think I would continue to give you $10,000? If you didn't take care of my wife? If you just taking care of my son? I'll tell you, I won, okay? I won. The local church is called the Bride of Christ. Jesus has left for a time. He will return. And when he returns, he's looking for a bride who's been taken care of, who is walking in purity and in power. And the question is, do you trust God enough to take care of his bride? I hope you do. Because if you read through the Gospels, you're going to see a parable called the parable of the talents. And what happens is there's a one, there's a, there's a one talent guy who gets a sum of money and he doesn't do anything with it. The, the Lord gives it to him and he buries it in fear of what might happen. And what happens is the Lord comes back and he sees that he's done nothing with what he's been given. And so he takes the one talent from the lowly servant and he actually gives it to another servant who has multiplied, who has 10 talents. He gives it to him. Now he has 11 and this guy has zero. And at first it seems that's, that's not fair. Like why not give it to somebody else or you know, why not try somebody else? But this is exactly what God does. Sometimes we look at people's life and we say, wow, they're so blessed. They got so much favor. How are they doing it? How are they succeeding in certain areas? How is their marriage so blessed? But maybe you don't know how they've been stewarding. But I can't expect the blessing of God. I can't expect God to take, for me to be the 10 and get the one if I haven't done what he's asked me to do. And I hope you hear my heart in all this. Not once have I said, Abide Church needs your money. Because can I tell you this? We tithe as a church. We have ministries that we support monthly as a church. Why? Because as a church, we want to be under this as well. We want to be outside of these four walls, extending the kingdom of God. I understand that God is, he's the source for us, just as he's the source for my family. But the question is this, will you trust him enough to walk in obedience? We trust him enough. 10%, the first 10%. Here's what God says in Malachi. He says, you have robbed me. That sounds so harsh, right? You've robbed me. But who does it really hurt? God doesn't need your money because he's running out of gold for the streets in heaven. (laughs) He doesn't need that. He wants you to honor him because if you don't, you are robbing God of the opportunity to bless you. What are you robbing God of? It's the opportunity to throw open the windows of heaven and open the floodgates so that he can show his goodness. That's what you're robbing him from. So why? Why why must we get this right? And this is what I'll leave you with is this. 
I want you, as Pastor Dan, as the pastor of this church, as your pastor, I want you to live under an open heaven and with a rebuked devourer so that you can experience, experience the blessing of God. I hope that's okay with you. <laughs> I want you to live under an open heaven and have a rebuked devourer so that you can experience the blessing of God. God's got amazing things for you. The blessing of God is so much greater than just financial. But can I tell you, Jesus said, you will serve God or you'll be enslaved to money. And the test is whenever you get paid, your, your increase, what will you do? Who will you honor and who will you thank? And next week, we'll continue on and talk about the principle of the first. And the key idea is this. If God's not first in it, he's not in it at all. He won't be second to anyone or anything. So be here next week. It's going to be good, I promise you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that your word is true. Lord, we thank you that because you are a good father, because you never change, we thank you that you have placed opportunity in front of us. Simple tests so that we can show you, God, we trust you with everything. We trust you with our salvation. We trust you with our health. We trust you with our, our emotions. We trust you with our finances. We trust you with our families, Lord. We thank you that we trust you. We'll be a church that honors you. And Lord, we're not afraid to try you or to test you as your word has said. Lord, we're gonna put you to the test and we thank you that your word is true. We're gonna see you move in ways that we never, ever imagined. And we thank you for it in advance. We will be quick to give you glory for it, not us. We're just doing what we, our little part to walk in obedience. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.